Coming up on today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, we answer a couple of your voicemails and we talk about the topic that just won't die. Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by Dave Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. We have quarterbacks to talk about again, David. We we have to we have to keep talking about quarterbacks. Yeah, Un- until the Buccaneers decide, or well, apparently they've already decided. But until the Buccaneers execute the decision they have decided, we have to continue to debate the decision that they have decided until the day comes that it is done, and then we can move on to more pressing issues. But they haven't decided. Because yeah, Bruce said in, in in Indianapolis, he was asked if they know what they want to do a quarterback. He said, "Yes, we know what we want to do a quarterback." And he asked if Jameis knew, and he said, "No, the Jameis does not know." So they know what they want to do. It's just a matter of whether or not they can pull off whatever it is. There's like 17 doors that Bruce Arians and Jason Light keep talking mm-hmm. about what's behind, yeah. and it's just it's the topic that won't go away. And I apologize to our listeners that we have to continue talking about this because I don't want to talk about it any more than David wants to talk about it any more than you want to hear about it anymore because it's the offseason and it's the most important position on a football field and we have no idea what the Bucs are doing with it. I mean, we have a, a general sense of what is on the verge of transpiring, but we have to continue to talk about this for like the next two weeks. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sorry. I'm tired of arguing about it. Yes, there is. Well, and that's, that's part of the fatigue that has set in. Yeah. But you know what though, but, and chef tweeted about this earlier and, and, uh, you know, I just kind of responded to it not that long ago. Uh, it all comes from excitement. I mean, at the end of the day, man, like if there wasn't the potential for this team to make a postseason run, if there wasn't potential for this team to compete in the NFC South, then there wouldn't be all this emotion surrounding it because there's no emotion when nobody cares. And if this team was just at the bottom of the barrel, you know, uh, like you look at like Carolina Panthers fans and, you know, I'm not completely tapped into Carolina Panthers, Twitter or anything like that, but um, I follow enough Panthers people. um, And and there are some Panthers fans that I'm familiar with. They don't argue the way that Buccaneers fans argue about the quarterback position, even with Cam Newton, even with a polarizing player, like Cam Newton and it's, you know, Cam Newton, I think probably has more popularity amongst Panthers fans than maybe Jameis Winston does against Buccaneers or with Buccaneers fans for whatever reason. But right now, even Panthers fans who are fans of Cam Newton are kind of still on the the line of like, maybe, you know, it's time to move on from Cam from a, from a football standpoint, even though from an emotional standpoint, they probably don't want to see him leave. But they're not going back and forth near as much as Buccaneers fans are because guess what? Honestly, the, the, the spirit around the team is that it doesn't matter. Um, Bill Rossetti, we talked about during the NFC South ultimate divisional crossover and a super fantastic fun episode time. Um, 
he even said it himself. He's like, this team's at the bottom of the NFC South for at least this next year, maybe even the year after that, because they have a complete rebuild in front of them. This isn't reloading and coming back better. This is a rebuild, and they have to figure out which direction they're going to go. I'm still not sold that they're actually going to stick with Cam. Um, I feel like they're probably going to wait till the draft. If they can get Tua, they're probably going to take Tua, and they're probably going to trade Cam Newton uh, for whatever they can get for him. But you know what I mean? Like Panthers fans aren't as dug in about their quarterback position. They're not as dug in about who's going to be wide receiver one, who's going to replace Luke Keekley, who's going to do this, who's going to do that. Why? Because the the overall feeling around the Panthers is that they're going to suck for another year. That's not the case with the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers, as much as they've broken the fans of their hearts, as much as they've been hyped up and, and not lived up to the hype, they are still a roster, a coaching staff, a team that everybody can look at and say, this is a team on the verge of being really good. And that's why it matters. So it's all coming from a place of excitement. It's just this this team. Like imagine being told Christmas is coming. You just don't know when it's coming. Every morning you wake up, we'll let you know if today's the day. And this this fan base has been waiting for 10 years to wake up and get told, today's Christmas, open your presents. Do that to your kids, James. And imagine the chaos that's going to happen in your home by day 10, let alone year 10. That's yeah, what but, I see. That's what I see happening in the Bucks fan base right now. Depending on what side of this debate you fall on, that Christmas morning is either going to be filled with video game consoles and lightsabers and uh, what, what else are kids into right now? And, and Roblox and Fortnite skins, or it's going to be filled with Dollar General tube socks no, and Hanes tidy whities. Because here's that's the thing. exactly what it is. Because there are but so listen. many people on both sides that have dug their heels in that no matter what the decision is or when it's announced, a lot of people are going to be really, really angry. Yeah. Because the decision at quarterback is not Christmas morning. That's not what I'm talking about. Christmas morning being Christmas morning is a playoff berth. That's oh, Christmas okay. morning. Okay. I got you. This, what this quarterback decision is, is the equivalent of a child going under the tree and shaking the present and going, that doesn't sound good. Or man, that sounds amazing. Like, like in your, in your analogy, half of this fan base, when that decision is made, is going to go under the tree. They're going to grab their quarterback. They're going to pick it up. They're going to shake it. And half of them, are going to say, that's a PS5, baby. And half of them are going to say, that's five pairs of socks, baby. You know what <laughs> I mean? And But either way, it's still going back under the tree. And then everybody will go back to bed, wake up another day, and wait to find this. When the Buccaneers clinch a playoff spot, that is when you can look at the Buccaneers fan base and say, it's Christmas. And everybody will rejoice. And even the ones who didn't necessarily get exactly what they wanted will still be happy because Christmas is here. And if you're not religious and you believe Christmas is strictly a religious holiday, then whatever celebration of your choice has arrived. That's that's how I'm going to end my analogy. All right. Well, in the spirit of all of that, um, Christmas in March. No. Well, for the NFL, it's it's New Year in March. But in the spirit of of that discussion, you know, the the NFL scouting combine is over. Everybody has made their way back from Indianapolis. And that's when the rumors really start to pick up, whether it's draft rumors, free agency rumors, whatever the case may be. 
we've just had a week of NFL coaches and executives all in the same place together. And people are talking, people are speaking with agents, people are gauging interest with, you know, certain players and, and feeling out other GMs. So this is when rumor season really starts to pick up. So again, it's rumor season. So take everything with a grain of salt, but it appears that there seems to be more and more people within the NFL believing that Jameis Winston is not going to return to the Buccaneers. We're going to start with Peter King in his Football Morning in America column that he writes for Pro Football Talk, where he dives into some of his takeaways from the scouting combine, and he talks about Jameis Winston and the Buccaneers, and he had this to say, quote, I kept asking people here about the fate of Jameis Winston, and I couldn't find a landing spot for him. I doubt sincerely he'd be a starter on opening day 2020 if he leaves Tampa, which is likely. But where would, could he be a backup? On top of that, J.P. Peterson had Buccaneer great and future Hall of Famer, should already be in the Hall of Fame, future Hall of Famer, Rondé Barber on his show and Rondé had this to say about the quarterback situation in Tampa. David? So Rondé said from an organizational perspective, you know, they're looking at a way to get better uh, at quarterback. That's in parentheses. Uh, that's what teams do in the offseason. They look for a way to get better, however that is. And the first way that they're going to do that is they're going to franchise Shaq Barrett. I mean, the guy had a phenomenal year. And what basically what he's saying is that the tag really gives them time to sign a long-term contract. Rondé goes on to say, I think that with the way that the defense played last year, he's the priority. Then he also said there's a lot of options. Uh, there's a ton of options, and there's no reason to believe that Tampa isn't an attractive destination for some of these free agent quarterbacks because of the way the defense has the ability to play. They're young in some places. They probably need a safety. They have good young corners. They have two great linebackers. They're D-line if they get them all back, which they're trying to do, uh, statedly trying to do. They're, they're going to be uh, darn good. He used a different word for our show. I'm going to put darn in there. Uh, then he also said, so if you're looking at the one piece where you can make leaps and bounds, it's quarterbacks. So to me, Jameis, as much as I love him, he's going into the pool with all the other free agents. I think that's the best way to kind of feel what they're doing, what they're going to do at the position. And then he finishes his thoughts off by saying, look, I've known Bruce for a long time. He's known me my entire life. What he says, he's not mincing words. That's the way I can say it. So basically what this all boils down to now is you have more and more people coming out and saying, in fact, there was a another GM uh, who was quoted in an article by The Athletic as saying that he uh, I, I don't have the quote in front of me, but he he doesn't believe that Winston is going to be back in Tampa. I'm I'm going to get into that a little bit more with Bailey on tomorrow's episode, this whole Bridgewater thing. But more and more reports are coming out that the likelihood of Jameis Winston returning seems to be dwindling by the day. It's been a roller coaster all offseason. First, it was, you know, of course, Jameis is going to come back. And then it was, well, maybe it's going to be Phillip Rivers. And then it was, well... Maybe it could be Tom Brady and it, 
it's developing into maybe it could be Teddy Bridgewater, but then it was back to Jameis and it's back to Teddy Bridgewater. The longer this goes on, the longer this stretches out, the less and less likely it is that Jameis Winston returns. Now, the Buccaneers could be putting themselves in a position by allowing Jameis to go test the free agent market that let's say their first choice is Tom Brady and their second choice is Teddy Bridgewater and their third choice is Jameis Winston. They could paint themselves into a corner where Tom Brady decides to go to the Las Vegas Raiders and Teddy Bridgewater signs a deal with the Los Angeles Chargers. Well, now Philip Rivers has signed with the Indianapolis Colts and Ryan Tannehill is back with the Tennessee Titans. The Bucks could paint themselves into a corner where all of a sudden their top two options are gone and Jameis signs with another team, whether that be a Chicago or a Miami or whoever. And now the Bucks are left with nothing. And they are going to have to rely on the draft and not only using their first round pick, but then using a lot more capital to trade up to be able to get the quarterback that they believe they can build their franchise around, costing them the opportunity to be able to draft a long-term solution at tackle. So this is a risky game that the Buccaneers are now playing. Unless they are so confident in the people that they have spoken with and their attack plan for free agency, that this can all very well blow up in their face and they could be left at the altar with absolutely nothing. Even if Jameis Winston is their third, fourth, fifth choice on, on their pecking order of quarterbacks that they would like to bring in and start for the, the 2020 Tampa Bay Buccaneers, there's always that possibility that all of these all of these dominoes could fall and the Buccaneers are just left there. At that point, can they swing a trade for Matt Stafford? Can they swing a trade for Andy Dalton? But again, you're talking about giving up serious draft capital in order to obtain those pieces when you need that draft capital to be able to pursue a long-term solution at offensive tackle. Maybe in the second round, you're looking at that long-term solution at running back, and you're looking for a guy to rotate in with Indomitian Sue should he come back and Vita Vea. So it's a it's a slippery slope. You know, you have to believe at this point, with all this stuff leaking out, that the Buccaneers feel pretty confident that they can they can address this position in the manner in which they want to, but there's no sure things in the NFL and someone can always swoop in at the 11th hour and really cause all of this to blow up in Tampa Bay's face. Well, really, I mean, at the end of the day, stubbornness is going to put a, put us, put both sides in a situation where this whole thing can blow up in each, each side's faces. I mean, yeah, there's, there's nothing ever guaranteed in the national football league. There's nothing ever guaranteed in life. You make a risk or you choose to take a risk and, you know, uh, it's like, like coach Arian says, sometimes you get the biscuit and, and sometimes you don't, I mean, you know, uh, Jameis is in, is in a similar situation. You know, I get I get betting on yourself, but at the same time, there's got to be at least a little bit of understanding of of the market and who you are in other people's eyes and and all that stuff because you're not going to go out if you're Jameis Winston 
and and pound your fist or have your agent go out there and pound their fist on a general manager's table and and convince them that you are a better quarterback in their eyes than you already are. That's just that's not how any of this is going to work. And if you're Jameis Winston, you go out and that's kind of what uh, I don't know if it was Peter King specifically, someone else was alluding to that Jameis Winston might go out there and find himself in a market where he's only being offered a contract in places where there's a veteran established starter ahead of him. That essentially it's if they get hurt, you can come in. In the meantime, we'll continue to develop you and we'll see what happens when this guy retires. Or you're in a situation where you're going to a place that just drafted a rookie so they can afford to dump a little bit more money in deciding you and having that rookie because it's on a rookie deal and have you guys compete. And now, I mean, you go out there as, as a quarterback with six years under his belt and all these stats and all these numbers and all this other stuff and lose out to a rookie. Again, every other person in the NFL, every other general manager, every other coach, every other quarterback coach, offensive coordinator in the NFL sees that and sees that it happened. Could that person be wrong? Of course they could, but it still is going to carry with you or the third option is you come back with your tail tucked behind between your legs back to Tampa, tell the Buccaneers, okay, I see the error in my ways. Apparently I still need to prove myself some more and I didn't think I needed to. So take me back. And you got to go in that locker room and look at all those guys, 50 plus other NFL players week in week out for 18 weeks now telling them to follow you because you have their best interest at heart. You have the team's best interest at heart, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There is, there is a point to this to this business of NFL football in every player where it's you time to go get your money. And believe me, every NFL player understands that. But when you think so highly of yourself and that you that you leave your team, that you go out there in the open market looking for another deal, looking to play with a different team, a different roster, different receivers, all that stuff. That still means something. And then when you come back to the locker room as the quarterback, more than anything, as you know what I mean, as a linebacker, you go out and do that and come back. Okay, got it. Even as an offensive lineman, you go out and do that. Okay, got it. But as a, I would say as a quarterback and maybe as a center, because if you go out as a center in the open market looking to pair up with a new quarterback and then you come back to your old quarterback going, oh, yeah, man, I guess I wasn't as good as I thought. I don't know, man. That's That's going to do something. And again, it's not going to do something in week one. It's not going to do something in training camp. Like we'll get there and everybody's like, hey, Mike, you know, how does it after everything that happened with Jameis and him going out there looking for a deal, how does it feel to have him back? And he's like, oh man, that's just business. We're good. You know, no, there's no hard feelings there. Da, da, da. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you're eight and six, when you're seven and nine, seven and seven, when you're six and seven. That's what I'm talking about. When you're tired, you're beaten, you're broken, you're hurt. You're struggling. You're feeling good. You're feeling bad the next week. You're going back and forth. And the quarterback has to stand there in the huddle, stand there in the locker room, and give that speech. Have that moment where you know James is going to have that moment where he says, follow me. That's going to be the moment in those tired moods, in those everybody's getting on each other's nerves. Those are going to be the moments where someone, it may not be all of them, but someone's going to think in their head, follow you? You? The dude who's in Indy? trying to get some money the dude who was in los angeles trying to get some money but then came back here because you realized you weren't everything you thought you were so and and that may not even be what Jameis is doing like don't don't put you know too much meaning behind those words i'm not saying that's what Jameis is doing but at the end of the day it's going to rub someone the wrong way we have a locker room full of that many athletes it's going to rub someone the wrong way and that's a that's a potential that Jameis has to understand and that his his agents have to understand that that's what they're risking as well because those players are going to know or already know 
if Jameis has an offer on the table. Like if the Buccaneers are offering Jameis X amount of dollars, $25 million a year on average, and he's not taking it because he's saying he's worth at least 28 and he leaves going to find that 28 and then he comes back to the Bucs and says, okay, I'll take your 25. And they're like, eh, call it 24. And he says, all right, I'll take 24. Those players are going to know that, man. And when and again, the quarterback, that's why they get paid so much more money because the quarterback is different. You can't apply the same rules. You can't you can't hold out like Lev Bell and then come back and have everybody throw arms around you. I know he didn't come back to the Steelers, but that's just an example. You can't hold out for half a year like Melvin Gordon did, come back and everybody accepts you. Not the, not the quarterback. So both sides are playing. Both sides are gambling. Both sides are risking, you know, a lot of things. Uh, but at the end of the day, both sides got to do what they feel like is best. And Bruce Arians and Jason Light feel like they have an idea of what they want to do, how they want to do it, and how it's going to work out. And they got to trust that instinct just as much as James Winston's got to have faith in himself as long as he knows he's being honest with himself. And hopefully if he's not being honest, he's got people there that are being honest to him, you know what I mean, to kind of help him keep his ego in check because we all need help with that sometimes. But uh, I think both sides are, are risking a lot um, in this whole scenario. But, you know, obviously at the end of the day, if the risk, if the dice get get thrown, if they get, if the die gets cast, uh, it's going to be the, the repercussions that happen with the Buccaneers that matter more, um, at least in the public eye, because even if Jameis goes somewhere and struggles, his, you know, quote unquote diehards are always going to come back and say, well, had Tampa just committed to him, it would have been a lot better. Um, whereas the Buccaneers final results are going to speak for themselves in, in the in the record of public opinion. Well, yeah. And, and like you mentioned before, we move on real quick. Um, you know, Jameis, Jameis took a risk betting on himself and, and wanting to prove that he could do it in that fifth year because, you know, the the rapport was from our own Gil Arcia over at Bucks Nation that there was an offer on the table for Jameis. You know, we wouldn't be having this conversation if he didn't think that he could go out in 2019 and have a career year and and make all this money. There was a deal in place and and offered, and it was it was turned down. So maybe that's going to come back and and bite Jameis in the butt. You know, if you want to read about that, go to BucksNation.com. It's in. Um, it's in Gill's column, the Jolly Roger, where he brings up uh, the fact that that I can't remember which writer it was. It might have been Peter King, actually, that Jameis could end up coming out of free agency and backup behind a, a veteran somewhere in the NFL. Uh, of course, people on Twitter decided to read the headline and assumed that it was Gill saying that Jameis Winston is going to be a backup, which that wasn't the case. But um yeah, right. I mean, and, was- I mean, for what it's worth, I mean, I don't think, you know, if I had to categorize Jameis Winston as a starting caliber quarterback and as a starting caliber quarterback, uh, I just, it's it's a lot like the Gerald McCoy situation. And I know Gerald McCoy was, you know, it was it was a decade of of playing all that stuff, and he's less directly responsible for some of the things that we're talking about than Jameis is. But uh, again, quarterbacks are different, so it's a little bit of, a little bit accelerated. Uh, when you when you have a streak of of kind of not winning and producing um, playoff teams with as a quarterback, and that's that's kind of where I'm at now, where I almost just wonder, not even just like for the Buccaneers, but is is it just better for Jameis? Like, is it just better at this point in this juncture for Jameis to go somewhere else, get a fresh start, get new colors, get a new logo, get a new fan base, and just start over? You know, I mean, if it doesn't happen, hey man, I mean, I mean, hope to see you, hope to be doing this show 
in mid to late January, not because there's an extra week of football, but because the Bucks are in the playoffs. But, you know, at the same time, you, you almost wonder uh, if, if, if both sides would just benefit from a change of scenery. Yeah, at this point, it, it may be best. But, you know, I think Trevor Sikama hit the nail on the head way back in their uh, their episode of the Pewter Nation podcast following the final game of the year. There's not a fan base in the NFL that would accept Jameis the way Tampa Bay's has. Um, you yeah, know, he's still he's that's still a hard punching. definitive to sell. It, it, it is, but I, I buy into it. You know, Jameis outside uh, of Tampa, he's still a laughing stock. He's a punching bag. There's still the crab legs jokes. There's still the, the references to the allegations of, of things that happened to Florida state and in a, a drive through um, in an Uber, you know, it, it's stuff like that, that people don't forget. And, and people that don't follow the Buccaneers or the Jameis Winston situations as closely as we do, don't really know the full stories. And you, that's the perception. And for a lot of NFL fan bases, perception is reality. You know, we have perceptions of players outside of this market that, you know, may not be entirely fair, but you know, it, it is what it is, but no, they're all fair. Um, and winning, winning cures everything. Sports that is has true. proven that time and time and time again. Uh, if Jameis goes to Chicago and wins, Bears fans will love him. Yeah, just wait until you know he signs with the Steelers and he backs up Big Ben, who inevitably gets hurt and misses a game. And Winston's playing against the Ravens and throws a pick six to to you know end the game. Yeah, the Steelers fans are going to be relentless. It's not going to be pretty. So yeah, but I I think you're right. I think. Uh, both sides could certainly benefit from uh, a parting of ways, but uh, we'll have a better idea here in about two weeks. But I'm sure we're well, I, I already know we're going to talk about it again tomorrow because I already said that we're going to talk about the Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> stuff when Bailey comes on. But uh, on a lighter note, let's jump over to something real quick. Not going to spend a whole lot of time on it. But last week when we were talking about the was it last week that we were talking about the uniforms? Yes, that was a very very loud iPhone notification. <laughs> Sorry. Right yeah, in the middle right. of me talking. <laughs> it's fine. Leave it in. We'll do it live. We'll do I it find live. this I find this to be hilarious. <laughs> um last week we're talking about the the Buccaneers announcing that we were you know, they were changing the uniforms. And you had talked about, you know, we're gonna get an idea as to what they might be doing based on the draft hats. Yeah, it was about this time last year that the draft hats leaked. Well, on Twitter, there was a leak of the new era draft hats as well as the OTA hats. And it would appear that the main logo is going to remain the same. And and the other thing that really popped out is, as Gil said in our Bucks Nation group chat, no orange on these hats. Yeah. I mean, the, the Buccaneer social media team for Wallpaper Wednesday a couple weeks ago, I think now, uh, put out an all-white or, you know, black-and-white photo, whatever you want to call it, of, of the guys mm-hmm. bringing the, the big flags out of the tunnel, you know, when the players come out on the field and all that stuff. And so we've known that the logo, at least, the principal logo, the, the skull and crossbones with the football uh, or crossbones, uh, swords with the football there, was going to stay the same. Really, the, the question at the time was, what is the color scheme going to look like? Uh, and yeah, I mean, in the draft hat, that's, that's kind of what we were pointing at. 
you know, because last year they were officially quote unquote released early April, but obviously leaks come out, you know, it's hard to keep a lid uh, on those uh, things. Um, see what you did there and it was <laughs> clever. And yeah, it came out, but yeah, I mean, the Buccaneer, it's the same logo uh, that we've all grown to love. And it's was, it's just like trimmed in red basically. Um, yeah. So really all it tells you is uh, the logo looks the same, which we kind of already knew. The red's not going away, which the video demonstrates, and I think everybody pretty much assumed. So really, it gives nothing additional. Um, but again, kind of like what you just uh, kind of referenced there, it could, by way of absence of color, hint that orange is still going to be a highlight feature of the of the team's new look, probably versus becoming a a having a return to being a main focal point of the color scheme. Um, yeah, so I don't know if people are excited or upset to know that news, but you know, at the end of the day, that's really all we could have, I think, drawn from the draft hat was colors related items. Uh, it's not gonna, you know, I mean, unless they unveiled like jersey hats, well, then you know, okay, well, there you go. But uh, I think really the big thing was color scheme, and yeah, and I think we, we even said on the show, like, uh, unless they come out, I think we even said that you'll be able to learn something unless they come out with like an all white or an all black hat with just the logo on there and. Well, guess what happened? <laughs> All black with just the logo. Which looks really good. Clean. Logo, like, I like it, it. it. It looks almost like one of those like neon bar signs. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Like uh, this is one of the better draft hats that they've had in the past couple of years. I can't even remember what last year's looked like. I just remembered it was terrible. Um, yeah, I don't have it hanging up. I, I have one, but it's not hanging up. Uh, I look forward to adding this one to my collection. I don't wear hats, so I only have them to hang them up. But um. Yeah, it's, I it's, wear, uh, it's better than last year's. I wear a lot of hats. And I did buy the draft hat a few years ago. It was the white one with that like liqui chrome. Yeah. Uh, I loved that hat. Mm-hmm. But like that it. hat taught me a very important lesson. What's that? I should never, ever, 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 ever own white hats. No, white hats are the worst if you're going to wear them because there's, there's no way to keep them clean. Yeah, it was bad. It was, That thing was dirty in like an hour. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, David, we have a couple of voicemails. Let's go ahead and uh, and tackle those real quick. I know we have a uh, a silly, nonsensical kind of non-Buccaneers question. So let's save that one for last. But we have one other one, correct? Yeah. All right. Let's do it to it. Hey guys, this is Yusuf out here in Phoenix again. Um, so I'm, I just got done listening to your Thursday uh, podcast and technically I'm still listening to the Friday, but anyway, um, I'm actually calling in, uh, not for really bucks related content, but, uh, more, uh, this is actually kind of a comment for, uh, David. Um, I just, I, I got listened to that podcast on Thursday night and honestly, I just wanted to thank you um, for serving this country. Um, you talked a little bit about your, you know, how you're in the army, and it was just very um, humbling to hear your story. And um, every time I get a chance in person, or you know, when I meet someone that's been uh, in serving our country, um, I always take the, the time to thank them. And while obviously I've never met you, and if you were standing in front of me and you came through 
um, a line of mine. I work at Target, so I get to meet a lot of uh, people and and see different things, um, talk to a lot of different people. Um, I always thank them for their service uh, because we we tend to take our uh, freedoms for granted, and you guys protect that. And I, I thank you for doing that. Um, we wouldn't be here sitting here talking about the Bucks without uh, you guys serving. You know, I know it's very minute when we talk about Bucks, but just all our freedoms in general, like, we, we take it for granted. And so I just wanted to call in and say thank you for your service. Thank you for doing what you what you do uh, out there. Or, you know, I know you're talking about uh, retirement, and I believe, um, or whatever. But um, I just, again, wanted to call and say thank you. And um, thanks for the hard work you do on the podcast. And uh, you guys do a tr- tremendous job. Uh, the reason why I listen is because of your uh, balanced approach to your podcast. You don't attack people. You let people talk. It's very, very, very awesome to hear you guys talk about the Bucks, and I appreciate that. And once again, David, I thank you for your service, and um, I salute you. So thanks again, and uh, I'm sure we'll, guys, we'll talk to you guys soon. Peace. All right. Well, Yusef, thank you. Uh, thank you very much for the call. That was, that was beautiful, man. Like, I don't know, I don't know how else to say it. That was, that was outstanding. Really appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't even for me. So I'll kick it over to you. Good, sir. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I greatly appreciate it. Yusef, as I do with everybody. Um, it actually reminded me. So when, when I went to, when I got back down to Tampa to cover, uh, the, the Cardinals game, um, there in, in Ray J, I, I got to the stadium a little, a little early, so I was sitting down, and you know, I grabbed some breakfast and sat down with uh, Matt Taylor and Trevor um, from from Pure Report, and we were just kind of hanging out or whatever. And then we kind of they kind of started pre- uh, preparing and practicing for uh, their salute to service stuff because it was the it just happened to be the salute to service game, and I can't remember which one of them, but one of them was like, "Oh yeah, hey, like you're in the army, so you know, thanks for your service." And I told those guys, "Like, listen, you know, um, I've kind of started on my own." Um, when someone says, uh, you know, thank you for your service. I'm not gonna lie. Like at first, when it first started, what, you know, 10, 11 years ago, I'm not gonna lie guys. It was, it was pretty awkward. Like the first, you know, lots of times that I got thanked for my service. It was very awkward for me. It was very uncomfortable. I really didn't know what to say. Um, and I can, I can tell you that from the entire force structure, like everybody was pretty much in the same boat. Uh, like we actually had leaders who were trying to figure out what to tell us that we should say in response. It was kind of an awkward cause you know, that's, that's not, you know, it's you appreciate it, and and you wanted to to come up with a way to convey appreciation without, uh, you know, and and kind of ignoring that uncomfortableness of it. Um, obviously, as as time moves on, you get more and more comfortable with it. But I've started saying, because uh, a lot of, a lot of soldiers now say thank you for your support, right? And that's kind of become like the routine. You say thank you for your service. I say thank you for your support, and we go about our business, and everybody's happy. Um, I've actually started saying thank you for the opportunity because, and that's why I explained to to Grizz and Matt and, and Trevor is that with that, without a country worth, you know, whatever you want to call it, standing up for, fighting for, defending, however you want to word it, we don't have a job, or we don't have a job that's worth it. And, you know, we don't have a job that I'm going to spend 20 years at. When I joined the army, I was a 17 year old kid with zero direction, zero future, and I, the only thing I really had going for me is I was smart enough to realize. Uh, how how messed up I was if I didn't find a way to really 
dramatically changed the path that I was on. So I joined the army doing to do that. That's the reason I joined the army. Um, and then nine eleven nine eleven happened less than a year into my career. And I think, you know, deep down there was a part of me who pretty much realized at that point in time it was over. Like this was going to be a, a lifer, a lifelong decision type of thing for me, a career decision for me. And, you know, uh, but I still at the time planned on getting out after five years, but anyway, um, so the only thing I can say to all that stuff is just, is thank you for, for being worth serving for, uh, at the end of the day, really. So, all right. Well, David, how about we go ahead and jump over to the, uh, the next voicemail. Hey guys, it's Derek from Memphis, Tennessee, host of the Buck and Nuts podcast at BucksNation.com. And I wanted to ask you guys, I'm sitting here eating the new Wendy's breakfast. I'm about to dig into a breakfast baconator. And have you guys had the Wendy's breakfast yet? And also, what are some of your favorite breakfast establishments? Talk to you later, guys. Love the podcast. They have a breakfast baconator. That sounds like the greatest thing of all time. No, unfortunately, Derek, um, I have not had the opportunity to try Wendy's breakfast yet. Uh, I'm going to make it a point to do so now that I know that they have a breakfast baconator. I don't even know what's on it. I don't care. It's a breakfast baconator, so it shall be mine. Um, As for favorite breakfast establishments, if I'm going for something quick, um, there's a couple of things that I like at McDonald's breakfast. I like the McGriddles. Um. If I'm choosing a drive through to go through to get breakfast, I would prefer Burger King. I like their croissant sandwiches way better than I like the McDonald's breakfast sandwiches. Yesterday, uh, we had a, a local spot here called Bill's Donut Shop, and they have been ranked in the top 10 in USA Today's best donut shops in the nation. They are amazing. That is one of my favorites. And then another one of my favorites is a local spot here called the Golden Nugget. They typically have a line that's literally out the door and alongside the building, but it moves relatively quickly. And I mean, good grief. I can get a three egg omelet and three pancakes, both basically the size of a regular plate and it's like $8 and it's the best food on planet earth. So yeah, those are, those are my favorites, but I'm really jealous that you had a breakfast baconator. That sounds amazing. I was not aware that Wendy's started serving breakfast until right now. Uh, well, when I, when I first heard the voice, which was earlier today, but yeah, today is, is, is when I learned that Wendy's was serving breakfast. Um, I gotta be honest. I don't care. I don't. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> well, okay. So for one, um, I don't, I don't eat like fast food breakfast, I guess, unless I absolutely don't have a choice. Um, and, and that goes like, if I know I can hold off and get something, I don't know what you want to call it real, uh, later, then I'll just hold off and get something else later. Um, so the only way I'll get like fast food breakfast is if I need to eat now because I'm not going to eat later and there's nothing else available, et cetera, et cetera. Um, for whatever that's worth. I don't, I'm not interested in a Wendy's breakfast baconator to be, to be clear. Um, 
So moving on, there are how, two places. How, 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 how could you not be interested in that? I'm just, I'm just not like, I don't know. Like McDonald's breakfast isn't interesting to me. Uh, I've had Burger King breakfast. I had the Taco Bell has like a breakfast crunch wrap. I tried that once. And I mean, it wasn't not you know, a fan. like I didn't throw it away. I finished it or whatever, but it was one. It was way too much food too. It just, I mean, I don't know, man. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I just looked this up. Mm-hmm. This might be the greatest sandwich ever concocted. <laughs> okay. It's got a sausage patty, yeah. an egg, yeah. six strips of bacon, Jeez, man. and okay. two, two slices of cheese. Yeah. And, ooh. This just sounds interesting. I, I've never heard of, like, I've heard of chicken biscuit sandwiches for breakfast. Mm-hmm. Wendy's is offering free with any breakfast purchase a honey butter chicken biscuit. Yeah. Now, I don't think that's something I would ever order, but if they're going to give it to me for free, I will gladly give it a try. Yeah. Cool. But they got croissants. I mean to to add to it though, the closest Wendy's to me right now currently is a 20 minute drive away. So like Yeah, see that's probably not worth it. It's not exactly on the way to the office in the morning. You know what I mean? Um so I don't I can't imagine when I might possibly ever even be in a situation to consider having Wendy's breakfast. Uh don't a lot of airports have Wendy's? I don't eat in, in airports. Whenever I, when I fly, I bring my own food. Okay. Well, yeah, that was just a thought. Gotcha. No, no, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't need an airports either. Um, don't, don't be wrong. I, I, I feel like I sound like a food snob right now. I'm not a food snob at all. Like I, I have, I've, I've eaten at Wendy's. I'm, you know, as far as fast food is concerned, Wendy's is actually one of my favorite places. I just, I'm um, really not a fast food breakfast person. Um, I'm typically not either, but you know, in a pinch, you know, that's when all there's a couple of things at, at Burger King or McDonald's that I can I can I mean, have I like and McDonald's. not hate myself. Yeah, I like McDonald's hash brown. Um, oh yeah, that's good stuff. I'll order that. Some, like sometimes we go to like get the kids their meals and stuff because they love McDonald's. I'll get uh, like a, a a double cheeseburger and a hash brown. Like I'll, I'll you know I'm down with that. But as far as breakfast places, there's two places here in upstate New York that are really good. One is the Longbow Lounge. Uh, which is my wife's favorite. We actually just went there Saturday for breakfast and it's, you know, it's just kind of your stereotypical upstate New York truck stop uh, diner and they serve breakfast all day long. So it doesn't matter if we get up early and go, or if we get up at, you know, nine o'clock or something and mosey around till almost 11 and then roll, uh, we can get breakfast there and it's, it's pretty good. And then my favorite up here is uh, it's called the chatterbox and, and it's in another city, you know, like in the area. Um, and that's like a real old small town diner. Uh, they don't even, they still only take cash. Like they don't even have a card reader. So you have to make sure you have cash. And, uh, that's a place where I will order way too much food. I pretty much always have to take a to go box and, and bring my food back with me because I'll order way too much there. But yeah, those are the two places I really like breakfast other than like what my wife and I make in the house. Uh, We'll do because I love breakfast food. Don't get me wrong; like we'll do breakfast for dinner a lot. Oh yeah, we do um, too. I actually just had breakfast food for lunch today. Um, came home for lunch and 
my wife was cooking some eggs and some bacon up just because she felt like it. And so I ate some breakfast food for lunch, you know. It's one of the so, few yeah, meals so, in this house that all four of our boys will agree on. Yeah, that'd be nice. I don't have that in my house. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that's that's my thoughts. So sorry to disappoint, Derek. My apologies. Now, David, you're not a coffee person, are you? I don't drink coffee at all. <laughs> okay, I'm really not either. I will on occasion, like for a couple of Beckett's hockey games, um, some of these arenas are just painfully bitter cold. And I mean, it can be 18 degrees outside and Mm -hmm. that is a welcome, welcomed warmth following some of these, some of these hockey games. Mm -hmm. So every once in a while I'll, I'll drink coffee. Now my wife is, she drinks coffee literally all day, like all day. She'll, she'll be drinking coffee at 10 o'clock at night. I, I, I guess I can't say much. I've fallen asleep drinking a Red Bull, but I'm not a big finish a monster right before I go up to get ready for bed. Yeah, I'm not a big iced coffee guy. I've tried it a couple of times, and I'm just not a fan. But I'd be willing to try this. Wendy's has Frosty Chinos, where they mix coffee with either the chocolate or the vanilla Frosties. (laughs) Uh, Again, not something I would order very often, but I would give that a try. If I need a little kick in the morning and I'm like, you know what? I need a little bit of a wake up and I want some ice cream. It's time to go get a frosty Chino because that's amazing. Nothing about that sounds beneficial. No, not at all. But it's an excuse to have a frosty at like seven o'clock in the morning. Can you just work with me on this? I mean, if you want a frosty at seven in the morning, just have a frost. Trust me, I'm not. A, I'm not judging anybody. I eat just as much junk food as anybody. Don't like. Don't anybody out there get it twisted. I'm not. Like, yeah, I'm not judging anybody. I'm just saying, if you want a frosty at seven in the morning, go get a frosty. Well, see, and I've, I might have mentioned this on the podcast before where, you know, with my job, I'm driving in a truck and yeah, I can't exactly just go through a drive through and get food. My truck doesn't honestly fit through a drive through. And so there will be times where I'll have like oatmeal cream pies or zebra cakes and I'll eat those while I'm driving. Mm hmm. And my dad gave me a hard time about it. He's like, he's like, really? You're eating, you're eating snack cakes for breakfast. He goes, That's real healthy. I looked at him. I said, tell me the difference between a snack cake and a donut and I'll stop doing it. And he had no rebuttal because they're the same thing. We just somehow justify donuts, which are deep fried cake as being better for you than a, a zebra cake. I don't know. I don't get it. It's not even close to true. Um, (laughs) What what spot the lie? Where's the lie? No, I'm saying like donuts are not anywhere near like good for you or. or Oh, right, right. Okay. Yeah. I'm agreeing with you and saying that that justification is not accurate whatsoever. All right. So anyway, we're going to round this one out with um, a couple of reviews on Apple podcasts. We haven't done that in a while. In fact, um, we got one on New Year's Day, kicking the new year off right from Hella Brian underscore Bucks. That's five stars. Do what? It's got to be Greco. No, Greco gave us one. I actually just saw it. Give me a second. Give me a second. Greco left us one March 15th of last year. Oh, all right, then. Five stars from Greco. Appreciate all it, right. Greco. 
So hello, Brian underscore bucks gave us five stars and says, let's go great podcast. And may the force be with you. That's a five-star review of a five-star review right there. Brian thought about our episode nine conversation. He must have. Uh, our other review is, was left for us on Leap Day from JM Jams. Five stars. Finally, an awesome Bucks pod. James and David are great. After being burnt by other Bucks podcasts in the past, it's refreshing to hear these guys put out a quality product. I highly recommend it. So, JM Jams and Hella Brian underscore Bucks, thank you very much for your reviews over at Apple Podcasts. If any of you would like to do the same, we greatly appreciate it. Not only does it help us, but it also helps other Buccaneers fans find us. And given the roller coaster of emotions that we are all about to be on, I'm sure people will be looking for plenty of Bucks coverage when free agent frenzy kicks off here in just a couple weeks. If you would like to leave us your voicemails like Yousef or Derek did, please give us a call at 813-444-5841. Make sure you're checking out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. We are right dead in the middle of our 30 prospects in, or not 30 prospects, our 30 free agent spotlights in 30 days as we prepare for said free agent frenzy. And of course, Tavon Austin coming up in a couple days. Yep. You got, uh, you got Vernon Butler today. You got Tavon Austin, spoiler alert, David's favorite free agent (laughs) coming up on, on, uh, Wednesday. Um, and of course we'll keep you up to date with everything going on around the Buccaneers world. Uh, lots of stuff got pumped out of there yesterday regarding all the Jameis Winston, Teddy Bridgewater, everything. Um, not just news, but opinions too. And, and we try to uh, we try to attack it from all angles. So please make sure you're checking out BucksNation.com. Follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore box, at DH82 underscore box, and at Bucks underscore nation hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day and we thank you so much for joining us right here at locked on box